Well, we've sold out again. It's time to do another episode about a single brewery. On today's episode, we delve into New Belgium. We talk about their history, their business, and most importantly, their beer. So fatten up your tires and ride on in and have a drink. Have a drink, the show where you learn along with us about the glorious drink called beer. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. How's it going, guys? Good, good, doing good. Awesome. Uh, what are we what are we going for? We gotten for any badges? How was your Cinco de Cuatro? Uh, <laughs> yeah, actually we just had uh, our badge run for Cinco de Mayo. Uh, had to have all them Mexican beers. And uh, we got our badges, but from the looks of Untapped. We were the only ones. <laughs> Look, I I had a busy Cinco de Mayo. I was tired and also forgot it was the 5th. I, it was really Overwatch, the Overwatch. Yeah, Overwatch beta. It's kind of uh, made things a little difficult. I kind of slacked off on working out this week because of it. For those of <laughs> you, you who out, can play you it. You worked out your fingers. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we got the badges for for having the five different south-of-the-border beers, and then we had one on Cinco de Mayo. That was a way to get the Cinco de Mayo badge. But it... Yeah, I'll just go ahead and be harsh here. There's a reason I hadn't achieved this badge before. The What was the badge called? South of the Border? No. no oh, uh, so there was the actual Cinco de Mayo badge on... Thursday the 5th, and then there was the Cerveza Matador. Oh, yeah, that's right. And that one is the one... So we went to do the Create Your Own Six Pack for those beers, and there were, like, two that were okay that I would drink again, yeah. but not, like, by myself, you know, It was in a store. overall <laughs> underwhelming. Two out, of, two out of five would not drink again. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Now, the the one... Um, I know that I saw you toast the check-in. We had... Uh, it's from Day of the Dead, and mm. the label was awesome. I love the Day of the Dead stuff anyway, all the Dia de los Muertos. This was uh, on the side of the label, it said Cerveza de los Muertos. But um, that was good, did you, actually. It did was... you drink it and Brock Sampson come out driving his car, <laughs> killing a bunch of men in butterfly costumes? If only. Right? See, that's that's where I go to when I think of Day of the Dead anymore. <laughs> all right, then. Um, but yeah, that one was actually good. It was a bit more amber than the pale ale it was supposed to be, but mm. it was actually pretty good. And then the Dos Equis amber is good anyway. Like yeah. that, that was actually fine because again, it's an amber. They actually, they didn't have the Modelo at party source for the create your own six pack. So we, unfortunately we didn't get to get that. I've had that before and I like it. So we, but we got like all the, 
all the cheap stuff essentially we got like t- uh Takate, which i'm probably saying wrong um pacifico uh two different dosekis so but we got the badge and it's fine <laughs> yeah the, the important thing is that you achieved the badge no when i achieved the badge it's like now try for level two having five more and i was like no no i don't <laughs> think so i think we're at level one's it we're ha- we got the badge we're just gonna stay there i mean until next year when you gotta get rank two no but no. it's not even like they even had any more mexican beers at the store so That's what amazing. we found was kind of it well maybe it's like checking in to on separate occasions for those Maybe. Maybe that's how. I I don't know. I don't know how they track it. I'm not a doctor. (laughs) All right. How how goes your uh, untapping and the the drinking and whatnot? I I had a slow couple of weeks drink wise. I haven't. I don't think I got any new badges this week. Uh, You know, I I just took to some some standard favorites when I went out drinking. Uh, You know, I had some of the the MVP. uh, Oh, right. I saw you check into that. Yeah, uh, showed some friends of mine that for the first time. I'm just like, oh yeah, no, this this stuff is the best. Did you find it the nitro in the cans yet? I've seen them in the cans. I didn't buy them. I was actually somewhere they they had it on tap, and I was like, yeah, just oh yeah, yeah, that's it was happy hour too. I just oh. to keep oh the, keep going. So to clarify, NVP is the nitro vanilla porter from Breckenridge. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just so people are aware. Uh, the N- the MVP beer is uh, is my MVP at times, it's, <laughs> or my MVB, most valuable beer. There uh, you go. Yeah. Okay. Technically, I guess KBS has that. There's a lot of acronyms I'm throwing out right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Muddling the waters with it, but for the MVP, I've actually got that uh, rum barrel aged MVP hanging in the closet that we'll have to break out at some point. When's it done, Daddy? I want to try it. <laughs> done when it's done. You got to wait another couple of years. Oh, okay. No, actually, probably not that one for that one. Just say like much more patient than I am. That's I, not that's not a beer's giving situation. No, not on that yeah, one. Okay. It's everything in me not to break into all of the KBS and then just drink all of them at once. Right. Uh, uh, I actually read a quick article. Uh, I think it was last week about uh, from founders about the KBS and their recommendations on aging it, and they are not recommending aging. This oh, weird. Yeah, the, okay, it'll so. it'll be fine. The beer will not spoil, but they don't. Rec- it just said the fresher the better. Okay, well, maybe I'll be less inclined to try and age some of them. I also had like heating issues in in my apartment over right. the last. Yeah. So like trying to keep them in a temperature controlled place where the entire buildings went to like eighty five for Ugh. a few Ugh. weeks. Yeah, that'll ruin it. That wasn't happening. So. so you're basically like, oh, no, I've got to drink this beer now. I... Well, it was outside. I, like, I got to put you in the fridge <laughs> <laughs> to get you somewhere below this yeah. ridiculous heat. Yeah. That's can't awesome. get above too much. You can keep it below for a little while, but can't, yeah, can't get too hot. I may end up not aging those and just maybe one day try a sip after you've aged it for 37 years. Right. Uh, I'm not going to age more than five years. That's still okay. Was there any, there was something big that happened recently? I've been getting messages from Casey and you guys about about is it World Cup time? I I thought it is. I thought it's, we were only I thought we were only doing like qualifiers right now. Like we weren't quite to the it's World, World Cup time for drinking. World Beer oh. Cup 2016 uh, took place this weekend, and uh, the winners were announced like this morning. So uh, when we go to run this down, let's. Uh, you guys just want to swap these off one at a time? 
Yeah, sure thing. But, We're just going to uh, read. I'm going first. <laughs> I'll just. I'll take this first one, but uh, we didn't do. We're not going to read you a full list. We are going to link to it, so you can go and check these out. We yeah, did. They have a nice PDF on their website. <laughs> yes, it's a great one to read through. We just skimmed it for breweries that we know of and ones that we cared about. That was well, ones that we everybody's familiar with or we've talked about on the show. And then, yeah. of course, the first one is actually local, so that worked out for us too. <laughs> Yes, uh, Category 81, Barley Wine Style Ale. They had 71 entries for this and a local local brewery here, 50 West Brewing Company out of Cincinnati, Ohio, took gold for their 2013 10-2 Barley Wine. Good job. Uh, next category, uh, I guess it was Category 6, was Pumpkin Beer, 25 entries. Uh, taking the bronze... For it with the pumpkin down was Ballast Point Brewing and Spirits, San Diego, California. Yeah, so I didn't know they even made a pumpkin beer, so I was like, all right. Well. I'm, I'm guessing <laughs> it's just a pumpkin variant of the Piper Down, which is a oh. Scottish ale. And I'm like, I will take a pumpkin Scottish ale next year. We must I, find this. Yeah, I want to try that. That sounds that sounds fun. Yeah. Uh, next category ninety six, which is American style Imperial Stout. There were sixty two mm-hmm. entries and. Three Floyds took the gold. Uh, Three Floyds out of Munster, Indiana. It's called uh, Blot Out the Sun, which I have seen and desperately still want to try. And then uh, taking bronze in that same category was Sweetwater Brewing, which we've talked about on the show, for their happy ending. (laughs) Sorry, I'm like 12 and can't stop giggling. That's fair. (laughs) Okay. Category 24, it was Brett Beers. They had 70 entries. Kind of a lot for Brett's. Um, I mean, you know, mate, I just keep thinking of people named Brett. <laughs> nope. Stop it, Brett. Yeah. These are these are the Brettanomyces. Yeah. The, the kind of wild ale tart stuff. Yeah. Uh, Wicked Weed, world-renowned Wicked Weed Brewing from Asheville, North Carolina, which will come up again later in the show, took bronze for their Labonte Pear. I'm yeah. going to guess it's a pear sour since they only do sours. Right. Which that could only be interesting. Sour. Yeah. No. 70 entries in, in the Brett beer. That's right? quite a few. Yeah. But doing more than that, uh, yeah. category 26, the wood and barrel aged strong beer. Strong barrels. Uh, <laughs> strong like bull. Uh, 151 entries. <laughs> that's, a, that's impressive. Yeah. And uh, taking the bronze is Sam Adams Utopius. From the Boston Beer Company of Boston, Massachusetts. Surprised it took a bronze since it only comes out like once every four years or something. Because it takes them that long. Silver and gold better have been real good. Right? Or maybe not. I don't know. I've never had Utopus. Yeah, neither have we because a bottle costs like $200 and it's so hard to find. Bear in mind, you can always give us money and I'll go buy it. (laughs) True. Um, So this next one we wanted to put on here because we were like, what? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. The category is light lager, so I'm like, okay, sure. Category 32 had 45 entries, and took, taking gold was Miller Brewing Company out of Milwaukee for Miller Light. I mean, it's probably the best. Ex- it's probably a really good example. Right. We did it yeah. for in our blind tasting. We did it. It's that was Miller Genuine Jack Draft. Oh, this is the Miller yeah. Light. Yeah. Well, this is the light lager. So and yeah, we had the MGD. This is this is their light lager. Um, and then this taking silver was one that we had brought up. I think it was on the last episode. Yeah. Uh, it, from Tokyo, Japan. Because remember, this is the World Beer Cup. Uh, the Asahi Breweries, 
for their Asahi the Dream. So... I feel like I've had that one before, but like a lot of the Japanese beers tend to run together in my brain. Yeah. Because yeah, you just don't see them often enough to... Right. Yeah. Not not that all Japanese beers look alike to me. I'm not trying to make racial. <laughs> You're beerist. Don't lie. Um, but, and then... Taking Bronze, another one we've actually heard of and I've actually had. I'm not a huge fan of, but I know a lot of people oh, love it. come on. I like it. Uh, I mean, it's, it, it's okay. It's like, a good yeah. go-to. But I think, I, it, I think maybe the light lager category I'm not a fan of. But anyway, yeah. uh, Landshark, Margaritaville Brewing Company in Wildwood. What is that state? Wow. Uh, Missouri? Um, yeah, like Landshark's good. Like, I mean, it's, it's not like my favorite beer ever, but when I'm like – in in Walmart, for example, trying yeah. to find beer, you're in a pinch. You can find some Land Shark. I, yeah. picked, I picked some up when I when I grilled out some burgers, something cheap for some you know sitting outside. wasn't going to be you know it's a summer beer. The taste too yeah. much. Yeah. Um, I also I, I feel like there's not a whole lot of craft light lagers now that I think about it. No. They all tend yeah they all tend towards like the heavy strong end. They're like yeah no one's doing this. Right. I want to see some like crazy. You know, lo- you know, light lager stuff. If you can, I don't know. Yeah, I think that you probably was why can't. I... You probably can't because they're riding high scaboot. Well, it can, yeah, like there's not an experimentation of flavors there, and, yeah. and it's not not even like just objectively speaking, you're the category. I don't think is meant to have that kind of variation. You know, I think that's why it was such a thing when Sam Adams Light came out, and that's why it won awards all over the world for their light yeah. beer. I've because, had that; it's actually really good <laughs> because no craft brewer was doing a light beer. They're still not. Right. Yeah. Well, it's when you think craft, you think IPAs and you think stouts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What's the next one? All right. Yeah. Uh, Moving on. (laughs) Category 42, German style Schwarzbier had 51 Uh, entries. Uh, Gold went to recently acquired Devil's Backbone Brewing Company out of Lexington, Virginia. Yeah. (sighs) For their Schwarzbier. It's... A single tier runs down, but they did also win in category 82, took gold for their Irish-style red ale, which had 66 entries in the category. So they took mm-hmm. two golds. That's well played. And well just played. sold that out. <laughs> that's that's heartbreaking. They sell out. and I, Stop saying that. <laughs> I mean, they're still going to keep making stuff. It's going to be fine. I'm honestly hoping fine. that the purchase from Anheuser-Busch of them... Gets their get stuff go... elsewhere because we can't yeah. get it unless you freaking go to Virginia. Yeah. So uh, everything's gonna be fine. We're all fine here. <laughs> How are How you? Are you? <laughs> uh, but no. Uh, next up, we have category sixty: the Belgian style Flanders Old Brune or Old Red Ale. Now, this sounds familiar. Yeah. When when did I last hear these terms? Mm, yes. uh, Thirty-six entries, taking bronze. From New Holland Brewing Company in Holland, Michigan. Michigan. I had to stop and I was like, that's not Mississippi. Mississippi is <laughs> Right? Okay. I'm not the um, only one who's like, state abbreviations. Huh. All right. <laughs> I know mine. That's where I send mail. It's fine. Uh, but uh, their winning version was a, a Vintage Blue Sunday. I've not had that, but no, I'm down not. for it. I want to try it. I see more. Most of the New Holland stuff I see, I swear, is just dragon's milk everywhere. You know. <laughs> well, dragon's milk makes the money. I bet. Yeah, that's sure. their. Yeah. yeah, that's the their one cash that everyone cow. wants. Speaking of which, uh, Casey sent us a picture that someone had posted a picture of that their chai 
the vanilla chai is floating about now. Um, All right. Well, next on the list, we have category 68, which is ordinary or special bitter. Had 36 entries and taking silver was Sawtooth Ale from Left Hand Brewing uh, out of Uh, Longmont, Colorado. Love me, Left Hand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Left Hand also won uh, gold, actually, for in the export stout category, which had 52 entries. So good job uh, Mm -hmm. for their Fade to Black Volume 1. Got to try that. I don't think I've actually had that one. I've seen it. I've seen it on a shelf. Didn't get it. I regret not getting it. Yeah. I've heard about it from stories. <laughs> Handed down yeah. from generations. Category 74, Brown Porter, 66 entries. The Polygamy Nitro Porter from <laughs> yeah. Utah Brewers Cooperative out of Salt Lake City. They took silver. We added this one because it is a beer you can get at Nerdtacular. They yeah. carry this one. That's where we first saw it. I got a shirt of them because it says Polygamy Porter, bring it home to your wives. I've... I forgot about them. It's my favorite and, and, thing. It was a then, really like, good order. As you're reading it, and you mentioned her, like, oh, that's right. I did try that there because there was no way I wasn't drinking something that said polygamy right? from Utah. Yeah. Uh, they have a great play on that whole thing going on. The, the label is like a big orgy or something. Wonderful. It's this dude uh, with just women all around him. But um, it was a really good porter. Honestly, it is. It's, it's a good porter, and when you really want to drink a nice, strong, high ABV porter, when you're at a ten thousand mile <laughs> <you>. altitude, <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, you're just ten thousand feet above sea level, no big deal. It hits you when you're not yeah. used to that. It does. Uh, let's see, I, I, I keep looking at polygamy. It's, it's drawing my eye to the thing. <laughs> Take us home uh, and finish this out. What were the big? Who was the big winner? Of the day. Um, the World Beer Cup Championship Brewery and Brewmaster, the mid-size brewing company brewer. Omegang. Oh, Oma Omegang. I almost went, oh, it's not Omega Man. That's, <laughs> that's a movie. That'd be, also that'd a really be fine. fun song. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they also won uh, Category 5, the uh, Belgian-style fruit beer uh, with their Rosetta. And by the way, these guys are from Cooperstown, New York. They also won uh, Category 61, the Belgian-style double or quadruple. Uh, 76 entries there with three philosophers. I believe I've had that one, actually. Yeah, I think that's their most popular one. Yeah. Uh, And then uh, Category 62, the Belgian-style triple with uh, Gnome Gang. Yeah, three philosophers and Nomagang are their their most popular ones, I feel like. Although I really like their farmhouse ale, uh, their Saison. Um, So they got bronze in the last two categories, though, but still. Oh, yeah, yeah. They still placed, like, two, three. And they won Midsize Brewing Company, so. But no, they have exceptional beer, and it's available at, like, most supermarkets. Yeah, and then... So for and then for the those who don't know, Omegang is the one who does the Game of Thrones themed beers. Oh, so yeah. the uh, the iron like the take the black oh, is stout and then the like take the, the black was delicious. Um, the Iron Throne is like a blonde ale, I think. They've got a few now. Uh, I think a couple of them are out still. <laughs> yeah. So. Mm, oh yeah. Okay. No. <laughs> All right, uh, that, that pretty much sums up the, the World Beer Cup. I know that didn't happen to us, but it feels like, you know, neat little information to share before yeah, we yeah. get into uh, We'll link to it so you can go see if any of your local breweries, again, there were a ton 
ton of winners on there yeah. that we've just never heard of. So we didn't really include them in this quick listing. If we've learned anything from doing this show is there are a lot of different types of beer. Yeah. yeah. And, and a lot and of there are a lot now. of people making a lot of different styles. How many so, categories? Yeah. It was like 90 some categories. Like it was almost a hundred. Yeah. yeah. Almost a hundred. Yeah. If not over, you know, I'm not sure. It, it may be over a hundred. Right. One billion categories. Yes. <laughs> One billion trillion. All right. Uh, I believe we should go ahead and move into some news. Uh. All right. So one day I'm gonna one day I'm gonna burp in time with that so it just covers <laughs> no one notices. Sure, sure. Everyone will be like, "Wait, was that a stereo burp?" <laughs> Echo. <laughs> okay, there was a huge story that went out everywhere, and I had no clue why at first. But it's from Greg Cook from uh, Stone, who's no been relation to to Jim Cook from yeah, Zan no Adams. relation. Correct. Yes. <laughs> different coasts, completely different philosophies on how they do things. I'm just but saying, he, you know, two different cooks very important in beer. <laughs> Are, there are not, indeed not too many cooks. There are not too many cooks. Okay. I just wanted to work that reference in. <laughs> right, right. Important. But no, uh, Greg stepped down. Uh, it was one of our first news stories we ran. He stepped down as CEO of Stone and was uh, supposedly moving to Germany to oversee the final stages of construction of what they've got going on over there. They're just, I think they're getting ready to open the doors on their tap room and brewery in Germany. Okay. So he's, so he's done. It's not like that was a lie, and he's he's actually been doing this instead. He's been doing other things, but this this popped up and presenting to a group of eccentric innovators and entrepreneurs who gathered in Carmel, California, for a conference. Stone Brewing co-founder Greg Cook today revealed plans to launch a new one hundred million dollar fund for investing in quote unquote real food and beverage companies. This okay. First of all, when you say eccentric innovators and entrepreneurs, you mean crazy people with top hats and monocles. Pretty much. I, I mean, mean, that's okay. what I picture. I assume Elon Musk was right. in attendance. <laughs> okay, and if I know he doesn't come out in in public with it, but Elon Musk must wear a monocle in private, right? Like when you have billions of dollars, that's how you show that you're worth that much is with monocles. I don't <laughs> see why he doesn't. I don't think you to. understand how rich he is. He <laughs> does the bender thing. Uh, I'm put on uh. this monocle. <laughs> but beginning with an industry he knows quite well, craft beer, Cook said he's secured $100 million from a group of independent investors that will be used to acquire minority, non-controlling stakes in craft breweries. Discussions with additional investors looking, up to, looking to help finance the new venture as also discussed. Uh, he called... He's calling this True Craft as the platform allows craft breweries to stay craft breweries. Cook told the crowd, uh, which bills itself as a conference that is attended by the most industrious. <laughs> and I, you know what? That's just them going on about how great they are. That's, yeah, let's, yeah let's that's, that's them stroking their own egos. Egos. Egos, yes. But so I essentially. Want make, I wanted to make that awkward pause. <laughs> essentially, this is just. He's making an effort to keep craft breweries, one, labeled as craft, and two, afloat. <laughs> yeah, so they don't so, have to be bought by Anheuser-Busch. Yeah, that's the great thing about this. Uh, he said, they talk about it later in this article. Uh, they have a pretty big interview with him, which I'm not going to read for you verbatim. We're going to link you the article, and you can check it out yourself. But Read it for yourself and see see this man's beard. Look it, into it. Look it's into mesmerizing. His, yeah, his beard and his glasses. and You just look at him and you're like, no, this... This man looks, has lived the looks, life. 
He looks like a, a young, thinner Wozniak. He looks like Jim Henson. Yeah. He does also look like Jim Henson. <laughs> I think it's really if you just have that kind of beard and that color, you look like one of those guys. And, yeah, the longer hair and the, yeah. But uh, here it is. Uh, there's a squeeze coming to the craft beer world, he said. True Craft's goal is simple. Give craft brewers another option than selling a majority interest to private equity or selling out to big beer. So yeah. it, basically it's, it's, it's angel investing. Well, no, because that's just a startup thing, I guess. Because I was going to say it's like being an angel investor for beer. but It's basically they can get in on this and everyone will be not co-owners but investors in each, each other's breweries. And it's – it's going to secure capital for them to stay afloat, so they're not going to have to worry about their month to month. So that, you know they don't have to sell out to ABM Bev when it's like, oh, we either sell out or we go under, which was apparently the case with Deschutes, where they, you know, they were backed into a corner, and their backers were leaving. <laughs> their backers were leaving for their their rival company, Delatters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't give you the pause. <laughs> no, no, I, I worked it in there. Maybe you, you didn't notice it, but it's yeah. there. But no, it's exciting. It's it's sad that this didn't come like a year, like a, not even a year, six months ago, and this could have prevented Deschutes from being bought up by AB InBev. It, right. it could have, but I want to. I want to think that Deschutes and all the other companies didn't didn't Breckenridge get bought? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Breckenridge I, I Goose want, Island, for that matter. Yeah, I want to think that they're still going to be able to do the same quality of stuff they always do. And I know that's the PR thing that they tell you, so you you make sure that that's what you want to think. But, you know, I I want to think that they're still going to keep putting out the same products. I haven't noticed a change so far. I'll put it that way. Yeah, a lot of the changes haven't implemented, and it was Breckenridge I was thinking of, not Deschutes. Deschutes remains craft. Okay. Sorry, that Good. was my they bad. Can, they can keep competing with their rival letters. Yes, they can. And and we've discussed it about a million times before. It does not make sense for Anheuser-Busch to buy these places and completely change everything they do. That's not why they're buying them, you know? Right. So that's so, a lot of money and a lot yeah. of market to get into. There is uh, there is something in this article, and I'm trying to find the the, the thing that, that – spurred him on to do oh this. yeah and right here um, it was it, it was like it was, it was part of a story of him being right. in a bar and yeah he, he showed like a photo of taps a, a bar at own. the burbank airport which featured taps from a number of craft brands such as golden road tin barrel and craft brew alliance the common thread anheuser-busch imbev either wholly or partially owned all of the beers on tap so his, the, this phenomenon creates the illusion of choice. And I love his right. quote here when he says, we will not be commoditized, we will not be homogenized. Right, nice. and I like that, that that's his take on it, and he can, and he's going out there and trying to, to push push this out, you know, make sure that he can help people. And, you know, with $100 million invested well across a number of other breweries there's a good chance that they can get back the money and keep investing in further things like they don't have to keep pumping their own money into it i assume that's that's the hope that's the goal right but yeah um, um the whole I, article oh, what were you saying i was just gonna say i hope i hope this all works out i hope this is good and i hope this really prevents breweries from having to suffer basically for with their business because you know because I can't buy all the beer in the world. I know, Brittany. It is my <laughs> fault. But, but no, uh, this article ends out where they have to say, it's worth noting that Stone Brewing Company filed for the trademark True Craft Brewing on October 6, 2015. Take that for mm-hmm. what you want, but it's been almost a year, and they put a trademark on this. 
yeah, he's been he's been percolating this idea for a while, it seems. And man, yeah, no, he really looks like my algebra teacher. <laughs> No, who also vi- looks like Jim, Jim Henson and <laughs> the video. The video, just the still it has, uh, harkens to Steve Jobs wearing a denim jacket because he's wearing the jeans. Look, and it, he's- yeah, no, it's it's a rich person kind of thing to to try to be Steve Jobs or to have that big, you know, backdrop PowerPoint. Well. He hated PowerPoints, but you know, that kind of like slideshow show to say, yeah. and one more thing. Yeah. Uh, they, they'd love to try to, to, to do that, I guess, but he does look like Jim Henson. Like, <laughs> he, he really does, especially the one where he looks sad holding up the beer, the, the picture they have in the article. Yeah. He's like pointing right. at the beard, kind of like, can you believe this? Uh, and one more thing our yeah. beers are going to be delicious. And one more thing, in our next story, Belgium is tunneling beer through a pipeline underneath one of its most famous cities. Nice. Yeah, uh, I liked this all story. Right. <laughs> all right, name me a famous city from Belgium, because I'm honestly... Is is their famous city Citradelic? Is that, is that it? <laughs> no. Hold on, sorry, that's, that's New Belgium. <laughs> that's New Belgium, we'll discuss them later. Oh. <laughs> no, um... If Belgium wasn't enough of a destination for beer lovers before, it certainly is now. Okay, the pipeline isn't like it's a thing anyone can work with here. Like, you you have no access to it. It's, okay, a brewery in the medieval city of Bruges is building... You have no access to it. I'm going to find a way. (laughs) Oh, they're building an underground pipeline that will transport beer from their brewery to their bottling plant, which is about two miles away. That's a... That's a long pipeline. That yeah, is, it is. Yeah, you got to think about it though. If that pipeline bursts, delicious, delicious beer will spill out, not crude oil. Okay, <laughs> so they have a map outlining like the route of these two miles. Yeah, it goes through and a lot of stuff. I I can't tell if that's a river it goes under. I think it is. Yeah, I think it is because they, at one point they say the depth of this pipe is going to be from six to a hundred feet. I'd say the hundred the hundred feet deep portion is going to be it passing under the river. Right, but I, you know, they they when I think of that, like it's like all of a sudden the river turns gold to beer, <laughs> and everyone runs out with pint glasses. It says like, that... it sounds it tastes like water. Just treat it like it's an American beer, son. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because essentially it is. Uh, according to the Wall Street Journal, the pipeline is weeks away from completion and will be able wait, to... Wait, trans- wait, wait. It's already almost done? <laughs> like, that's still yeah. pretty soon. It will be able okay. to transport around 1,500 gallons of beer at 12 miles per hour. That's crazy. I want I want that many gallons of beer pump- pumped at 12 miles an hour towards my face right now. <laughs> like, just, I'll open wide, just pour it down, I'll, I'll catch it. The brewery is De Havman. The Tran- Half Moon. Yeah. yeah, it translates to The Half Moon. And uh, the brewery owner came up with the idea as something of a joke in 2010, but then he quickly realized that the pipeline would solve the traffic problem his trucks were experiencing. Uh, they go on to say that their distribution fleet, because their bottling plant is separate, as most places are, is separate from their brewery, but the brewery was established so long ago that they couldn't build the, you know, when bottling came about, they couldn't put it next to it. This is a uniquely European brewery problem. Yeah, you don't see this problem a lot over here. Well, it's because when you build something in some of these cities in Europe, it's difficult to tear them down because there's a lot of historic importance to a lot of areas because 
it's Europe where the history comes from. I was going to say, yeah. um, and insert Eddie, Eddie Izzard reference. Yeah. But they... It's not wrong, and, though. No. <laughs> uh, but the, the... Well, I mean, there was history all over the world. It's not... It's well, not, it's not no. They're important. American education isn't something we're talking about right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, but the... You know, they, like, they have cobblestone roads. That can't be good for... To, you know, to have trucks running over that thing—that's oh, got to be like ripping up roads. Oh yeah, they're—they were destroying traffic and the roads and the no, they air. Were creating traffic, yeah. they were destroying roads. Yeah, yeah, they were making traffic awful with the number of trucks to because they had to fill tanker trucks and send the beer across town like that. So they've decided, let's just build a pipeline. It's smart, and, and I think it's a good idea just uh, for those structural issues alone, but. And my favorite part of this is that it was crowdfunded for part of three hundred thousand yeah. well, dollars. Yeah, the article says it's it's four point five million dollars to construct it. Yeah, and they they raised three hundred thousand uh, dollars. Okay, it's not a good chunk of it, but that's a lot of money to be raised. I'm just saying, it is yeah. a lot of money. I'm wondering it's what more these... money than I have, <laughs> but in this in the scheme of how much that that's a you know, that's not even quite a drop in the bucket. Yeah. They were, uh, apparently they were giving away like lifetime supplies of beer. I didn't, I know. <laughs> I could have, could have had lifetime supplies of beer. For the backers. Yeah. I don't, you probably had to give a ridiculous, it was probably like give a hundred thousand dollars and get a lifetime supply of beer. And they had three people do it. <laughs> I mean, depending on how much of an alcoholic you are, that could be savings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For us, it could be. Oh God. Yeah, they said. Well, uh, no, it's a lifetime supply of one kind of beer. I I couldn't live like that. True. Yeah. Uh, while many <laughs> residents were thrilled at the prospect of pipeline tendrils allowing them to install a home tap, they insist that the pipeline will be impossible to illegally tap into. And since it's going to be pressurized, I would kind of imagine that they would know the second someone's trying to get into it when the pressure drops. It's going to be like that scene in Shawshank, man. They're just going <laughs> to bust open with that rock. And instead of poop coming up at <laughs> at it's Andy, it'd be delicious beer. You you wouldn't be like throwing up and getting out of the way. You'd be diving well, first in. You Aww. might still be throwing up depending on how far down that pipeline you're traveling. <laughs> but uh, how much of it you drank along the way? Just oh, oh. <laughs> as we referenced earlier, the pipe is going to range from six to a hundred feet deep underground, and it's going to be constructed of super strong polyethylene. But yeah, yeah. That, I mean that's a neat that's a neat thing to be doing. Yeah, uh, this, they say like there's a new reason to go to Belgium to go. And I'm like, I want to go to Belgium. I'd just I rather go. We'll we'll talk more about that later. Okay. Uh, our third story we're going to move into. Uh, I really like this one, and when they do this, it'll make doing researching for this podcast a lot easier. <laughs> oh my god, I've been waiting for this day. Yes, uh, this story is coming out of the National Museum of American History from the Smithsonian. Uh, they are going to be opening a brewing history exhibit. Announced May 4th, 2016, the National Museum of American History are saying they're going to launch an American Brewing History Initiative, a new three-year initiative to collect, document, and preserve the history of brewing brewers and the beer industry with the goal to explore how beer and beer history connect to larger themes in American history. And believe me, they do look beer is important to American history. We, we would not have the Northeast we have today. If people hadn't run out of beer, trying to find Jamestown. 
Exactly. <laughs> Pilgrims just coming over going, ah, oh, jeez, we're out of beer. Whatever land is closest, I can't be on this boat any longer sober. There, there's a rock. Pull it in. Uh, uh, but yeah, they go on to say beer and brewing have been an important part of the American experience since before the nation's founding and into the present day. To look specifically over the past 30 years, beer production has become closely connected to significant social, cultural, economic, and environmental environmental uh, movements across the country. Yeah, and that's, I mean, the revolution. We wouldn't have a United States if it weren't for beer because the old revolutionary pubs, that's where, you know, these things were planned. It's where one of our founding fathers, Samuel Adams, <laughs> tar and feathered a bunch of people because he was a, never mind, let's not get into politicizing about yeah. that man being a crazy, crazy human being. Um they weren't always. It says they're going to have several collections of, of items uh, that range from 1870s to 1960s, which were donated, which is cool. Um, yeah. The the cool thing I'm seeing, which I guess this is actually an ongoing event every every year, or... Yeah. Oh, they had one in October and one in January. But um, the American History at the Smithsonian Food History Weekend which is this October, the end of October, actually. Yeah, these are big ticketed events. Yeah, I think that looks fun. Uh, it, uh, this one says it um, an evening exploring the relationship between America's craft breweries and their communities. All I'm wondering right now is how I didn't get a job with these people. <laughs> right? Like, this is literally, like, right up my alley. History it is plus history, beer. <laughs> and it is beer. I don't... Because always... I can't, I can't keep doing the show. I have to <laughs> contemplate. Because it's really expensive to live there. <laughs> There's some links at the right. top. Maybe there'll be another link to jobs. Hmm. Maybe they'll say, "Hey, how would you like to research beer and food?" <laughs> Why, yes. <laughs> yes, I, I would. <laughs> I usually do that anyway. <laughs> I do that for fun. <laughs> but yeah, that's great to see. You know, the country. Uh, just embracing this. And we've seen it locally in Cincinnati. Yeah. There's uh, a big uh, well, brewing history, a historic brewing district that's popped uh, up and they're wanting to catalog and preserve everything that they can. And we've done some tours with them and they're fantastic. And seeing it on a national scale is I making me very the, happy. I talked with a guy at work recently about uh, Ural's area in particular, like the Covington, Newport, mm -hmm. Cincinnati area. Uh, particularly this side of the river, but uh, about how that was that 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 place has always had a very strong brewing history, and like it's it's just sort of coming back recently. Right. Um, yeah. The there's a, it's littered with old breweries that are falling apart, and that whoever owns them they can't sell them and they can't tear them down because they've all yeah. been listed as uh, historic places. Right. So they have to jump through a lot of hoops to get them torn down. Which is which is the problem Europe is having? But let's. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them are becoming dangerous, but you know it. It will be sad to see them go. Some of them may need to actually go, but there's some that it's just for the fact that they were so grand before the companies went under because of prohibition that they can't sell or rent out these spaces because they're so huge, but they're so great. Like uh, what's what's the one down here on the corner? <laughs> We have a famous one in Covington. That, uh, uh, Wiedemann's? Down in, no, not Wiedemann's. Oh. Uh, down on the corner? Out in the streets? <laughs> pretty much. Uh, but uh, local Oh, uh, Hootapole. 
No, not Hoot- not a current brewer. They oh, are oh, gone. Oh. <laughs> the, well, Hootapool was Hootapool was gone, but then they came back, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. In many got, ways, Hootapool never left. They've always been offering a, <laughs> same actually, quality it's... beers at low prices. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's going to date us of how old we are we're, we are getting. Yeah, so. Let's just drop that and move on to our next little segment here. We're, uh, on yeah, that let's just note. Going to untapped. Get riggedy, riggedy, wrecked, son! Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we will get riggedy, riggedy, wrecked. So, some new badges popping up on untapped. Uh, the most interesting one, I think, is IPA May from Rogue. This is, I think, all of ours that we're putting out this week are uh, sponsored. By a particular brewery, but uh, they say celebrate Rogue IPA May by unlocking a brand new badge. Check into at least two different IPAs from the following list of Rogue IPAs. They are Brutal IPA, Four Hop IPA, Six Hop IPA, Seven Hop IPA, Eight Hop IPA. <laughs> and or my the, favorite name ever. The new Crustacean Barley Wineish Imperial <laughs> IPA, sorta. Sorta. <laughs> it's the best name. Barley wine ish imperial IPA sorta. <laughs> it's a picture. There's a crab on the label with a, like a, a like a weird hat. On yeah, he's I wearing think. a hat. This it's is fantastic. a really cool looking badge. Like, yeah, I kind of oh, want is. this badge as an actual badge to wear out in right? public. <laughs> but as the name would say, you have to try two of these within May to get them. Uh, last time I was out looking, I could only find the new crustacean uh, IPA. So we're going to have to hunt around to try and find another one. But that that one was also only available in six packs. I could have sworn I saw the Brutal one somewhere. I'm thinking I've seen the Brutal. I don't know where. We're going to have to hunt I, around. I, I've seen Brutal before. That's that's a name of them that I, I remember. And right. this whole list reminds me of why I, I always very strongly associate IPAs with Rogue. Yeah, they yeah. have a lot. I well, mean, between them and Dogfish Head, really, you know? It's 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 who supplies what around you and the party source, which is where we go for most of our stuff because they are one of the largest retailers in the country. They carry mainly the dark rogue beers. They usually only carry one or two of their IPAs. So of, yeah, you'll see the stouts and like the voodoo donut beer that they the have. The stouts and porters are what they really stock at ours, probably because that's what sells around here. Yeah, but I also but I that's now all I can think of is that 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 dog that. Double chocolate yeah. stout. Oh, that mm. was good. But yeah, that's, I've been conditioned that that's what Rogue makes. I don't, like I see Rogue and my mouth starts watering, and I'm like, mmm, Porter. <laughs> no, I, I I always used to associate them with like IPAs, um, and like lately I've been thinking of things of like you know like their their uh, Shakespeare's one of their oh, porters yeah. or stouts, yeah. or, and then like. You know, that, that delicious red bottle. I'll eat the bottle. I don't care. I just want more Double of it. Double chocolate. Mm. They're also the one who does the sriracha one, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they do the sriracha, all the themes. Which I'm stats. still... I, I love sriracha. I love sriracha. But I'm a little scared about that. <laughs> Man. On a little side non-beer tangent, I just realized how much sriracha in Cholua I used recently when I made tacos. And just, That's our life. Yeah. No. In, like, in, a, in, a, in, a, in like one night, I went through half a bottle of Cholua and went, Oh, Cholua is my jam. We went to hothead and because they mainly because we found out they have Cholua there and like they <laughs> dump it on there and it came to that. She's like, Oh, you want any hot sauces or anything? And I had to stop. And I'm like, I want, 
I want you to put a disgusting, I want an embarrassing amount of Cholua on this. I was like, <laughs> Man. you put Cholua on it till you think it's enough, and then you put some more. Nerd Tacular, those breakfast burritos with oh. Cholua is what sent me down this dark, heartburn inducing path. <laughs> That's fair. Oh, yeah. No. Uh, yeah, I'm for the g- record, guys, if anyone ever goes to Nerdtacular, don't do the buffet. Yeah. Always no. do the breakfast burrito. The burritos. The burritos are where it's at. The buffet is sad and disappointing. The burrito is cheap, exactly what you need, filling. And delicious. Mm. It's cheap until we eat all of them, and then they, they, they make more at a higher price. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, don't look at the beverage menu and try to order a mimosa or anything of that sort uh, before 11 a.m. And because they're like, no, we legally can't serve alcohol before 11 a.m. And I'm like, it's a mimosa. It's meant to be consumed in the morning. Cowards. That's why. Anyway, it's enough nerdtacular talk. Let's let's move on to our next badge. Next badge. Sorry, I sent sent us down a rabbit hole. I apologize. Uh, Our next badge is sponsored by Coronado Brewing Company. It is Mermaid Siding. I've actually never seen any of Coronado's stuff. Yeah, you you linked this badge, and I went, who? Yeah, I saw it, and I'd looked whenever I've been out shopping recently, and I didn't see any other stuff, so they're just not distributed around us. If if you've seen a Coronado brewing beer, let us know. Tell us about it. Tell us how good it is or how bad it is. Yeah, let us know. Still get the ba- still get the badge regardless because they're badges. We need them. Yes, we, we all we got to get the badges. Uh, it says while you relax with some Coronado beer, you can unlock a brand new badge. Check in to at least one Islander IPA, Orange Avwit. Orange, orange Avwit. I was like Ave. I don't I don't know the theming of this. Probably so. Orange Avenue. Yeah, uh, or Easy Up Pale between May sixth and June sixth to unlock the Mermaid Sighting badge. In addition to unlocking this badge, you'll also be entered to win a Stay Coastal Summer Prize Pack, which includes a Coronado Brewing Grizzly Cooler, as well as other great prizes. Stay coastal, my friends. <laughs> Stay coastal, my friends. Yeah, the, so that's from Coronado. If you can find it or tell us a little something about them, please let us know. You've, uh, got, you've got under a month to get this badge. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and chug into the next one, Liney Friday. Uh, it's another one sponsored by Line and Kugel. Check into any Line and Kugel beer on a Friday, uh, 12 a.m. to 11:59 p.m. local time between May 1st and August 31st, and you'll unlock the Liney Friday badge. So that means it's only only available to unlock on Fridays. So that only means on if, Fridays, but all summer long. Yeah. So if you've not gotten, I think you've got a few weeks left, you could get the uh, their Summer Shandy one. So if you get a Summer Shandy on a Friday in the next couple of weeks, you could pop two badges with one beer. You Always know, they're, they're, trying, they're trying real hard to get me to buy those those lining kugels I find in my create-your-own-six-pack aisle. Yeah, they, I think they've succeeded. <laughs> I'm going to have to I mean, look, I, I, I walked past one this last time, and now that I see there's a new badge, I'm like, all right. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've been teasing teasing the topic long enough, and uh, oh, we should probably just teasing jump. nothing. We told them in the beginning. <laughs> but yeah, let's let's move on to our new Belgium topic. Topic. I am that drunk. Wait, sorry. Uh, no, uh, this episode, it's all about new, well, 
this part of the episode now is all about New Belgium Brewing. Uh, you may know them from such beers as Fat Tire Amber Ale, the Slow Ride Session IPA, the Citradelic Tangerine IPA, the Lips of Faith series of Sour Ales, uh, or and you probably recognize them from the red bike logo on the Fat Tire. Just to let you know, we do have a link to it. They have their own sort of... I don't know. How do you describe this thing, Brittany? You you signed in for it because they gave you another you way signed to get badges. I got excited about badges and points. Um, <laughs> it already it's basically like their own little Untapped. Um, if nobody's um, seen it before, they kind of they have their own app on I'm assuming iOS and it's all in the Google Play Store. And basically, I guess through that app, you check in to any of their beers and you get little badges. And every time you check in, you also get points. Points get you stuff? <laughs> gets mark? you stuff? Stuff makes you happy? Points are supposed to, uh, I guess, they're real loose on what's happening with this, but they say you can get prizes. What those prizes are, yeah. whether it's a physical thing or, you know, some kind of special, oh, you get this in-app thing, isn't it neat? Well, you so, get. Grand Crew Rewards 2016, a New Belgium cruiser bike, which they're kind of, you know, that's their thing. And then a yeah. 25th anniversary bash in Asheville, North Carolina. Hmm. All right. Man, a lot of beer stuff happens around Asheville. Mm. Uh, Could be because it's considered like beer city. Yeah, this is true. Uh, but that's their grand crew sort of app thing. I don't know. Check it out. It's basically and... a beer club for checking into stuff, and it's specifically to their stuff. And you could potentially win cool things. Right. Uh, but we are going to talk a little bit about the history of of New Belgium. Jeff, I never did get to figure out how to say this guy's name. Uh, Lebesch? 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 I want to say Lebesch. Lebeschstrom? <laughs> uh, uh, we're going to call him Jeff. Good old Jeff started the company in Fort Collins, Colorado. Ba- right? It's Colorado. Yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah Colorado. <laughs> Based on his travels in Belgium and across Europe, his first two brewery creations, a brown double with earthy undertones named Abby, and a remarkably well-balanced amber named Fat Tire. Yeah, those are pretty familiar names. Yeah. Uh, to, say the rest was his- to say the rest was history, though, would be overlook his wife's involvement, Kim Jordan, who is New Belgium's first bottler, sales rep, distributor, marketer, financial planner, and the company's longtime CEO. Kind of like she was the company. Yeah. Like, he came up with some good, a couple of good beer recipes, and then she was the one, all right, let's make a company out of this. She still is. He made, some, uh-huh. he made some beer. She did the work. Yeah. Exactly. In 2015, she passed the torch to New Belgium's current CEO, Christy Perich. Perich? Perich? Perich. There's names. a lot of names I've never yeah. seen before. And I'm Your like, guess is as good as mine. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, good old Jeff. <laughs> keep calling him. Uh, inspired brews. Uh, his inspired brews garnered enough praise from friends and neighbors that Jeff and Kim took their basement brewing company commercial in 1991. Kim, social worker by day and mother of two, basically always, began <laughs> the marketing process by knocking on their neighbor's door. I mean, that's one way to get get the word out there, I guess. <laughs> Artist. Anne Fitch was a, hey, look, a name I could say. Uh, 
Anne Fitch was that neighbor whose watercolors helped to craft uh, New Belgium's brand for 24 years. Oh, God. 1991 was was just 24 years ago, guys. Right? Uh, Oh, God. All right, well, we all contemplate our own mortality. Let's move on. (laughs) Uh, But she also... uh, these, These brands included the original Fat Tire label. There is a new Fat Tire Cruiser that is still handcrafted by a painter, Leah Giberson, but this time it's photorealism instead of watercolor. Uh, bringing Peter Bookart, a Belgian brewmaster, apparently, apparently. <laughs> sorry, my brain went stupid and I forgot how to read. Uh, a Belgian brewmaster previously working for Rodenbach in 1996 uh, influenced. Uh, influenced their love of sour beers. Moving forward, Peter would take the brewing reins as Jeff began to pursue other interests. In 2009, Jeff moved completely from the company, and it has continued to flourish with Kim, Peter, and a dedicated team of employee owners at the helm. Sorry for giving you all the names. I did not even think about that. No, no, you did that on purpose, and I'm never forgiving you. It's punishment. I'm sorry. It's punishment will be severe. <laughs> most sour. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I didn't know. Like, New Belgium has a lot of sours. <laughs> yeah, they do. Mm. And we uh, we couldn't find a ton. I mean, the history is pretty straightforward. There isn't like a ridiculous amount of. And most of this is from their website. They've got really detailed st- things on their website. It's it's not like Guinness where they they negotiated a, a ten thousand year water rights. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty like, oh, yeah, so we made some beer, and it turned out to be really awesome. And we had this one chick who was also really awesome, who basically did most of everything. But they also (laughs) don't suck about their stewardship of the land. Right. So, sustainability. Apparently, New Belgium rocks at sustainability. So they, I've got, we've got a link in the show notes to the 2015 sustainability report from New Belgium. It's just a, a nice looking PDF infographic kind of deal. And it is crazy. Um, another link that we were going to have is to their sustainability video. Now this is from 2011. So they've actually only increased significantly since then. So, um, but it's crazy. They have their own water treatment plant on the, on the site on on location at New Belgium, they have their own water treatment plant. They have um, what was the uh, there's like a bubble for yeah, they, they okay. harness methane from the all the wastewater from that's produced from the beer. I'm assuming this it doesn't include the sewage when I say wastewater. It's from their brewing wastewater. They have their own treatment plant <laughs> where they treat it. And I'm assuming they'll reuse that water, but in the process of treating it, there's uh, a flammable gas that's produced. They don't say exactly if it's like methane or whatever. But they have a big bubble dome built over it where they're capturing it, and they produce 15% of their own electricity from this harvested gas that is just a byproduct of reusing their own wastewater. Yeah. Again, I keep thinking it's like, all right, it's, it, they're in still suits at all times. No no Dune references here for people? Okay, fine. We, Screw yeah, you guys. Don't, yeah, sorry. <laughs> you don't science fiction. I get it. No, the uh, the, Dune, the Dune references from uh, uh, FSL tonight always go over our heads. Where we hear these things, oh, that's from Dune. I know that's from Dune, and then that's where because it's, it's not the from the other things flow, we guys. actually recognize. <laughs> Just saying, the spice must flow. All right, uh, someone's laughing. We need, at we that. need a cricket. Yeah. Um, all right, so 
Uh, also, after installing installing 20 water submeters throughout the facility, the goal is to optimize the cleaning process of the, um, the beer vessels and reduce water by as much as 20%. And this is as of the, this is the 2015 uh, report. So, um, also 12.6% of the electricity the company uses is produced on site with solar and biogas. Uh, biogas. Biogas. Good job. Yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Screw both of you. <laughs> anyway, so they have 1,196 solar panels on the roof of the like total facilities uh, at New Belgium that produce electricity, which is quite a bit of solar panels. <laughs> not a thing we could do back at my parents' house where I grew up. No, no, not at all. Yeah. There's not enough direct sunlight enough of the day. Yeah, and they, they in the video, I mean, all at perfect angles, and the, the, the they go into the r- ridiculous detail on the video. In 2013, the company became a certified B Corp. So, a B Corp is to business what fair trade certification is to coffee, or USDA organic certification is to milk. B Corps are for-profit companies certified by the nonprofit B Lab to meet rigorous standards of social and environmental performance accountability and transparency so so no like whatever the blood diamond equivalent of beer is <laughs> no none of that <laughs> much, going on here not. they are translucent you can hold them up to the light and see everything they're about yeah but, they're very open about all all the the efforts they're putting forth for this stuff it, it was it's pretty thorough it's a really nice infographic very very nice to read through yeah i'm looking at this this little logo here and i'm like what how how was hops endangering salmon to start with? I know. So I had to read through. Yeah, it, it, I'm like, okay, safe. What? So safe salmon, <laughs> safe hops is what we're talking about here, guys. Yeah. Just to I had to just like pull this whole thing from the infographic because I'm like, yeah, no. Um, so it says hops are our third main ingredient, and we love them big time. Salmon Safe is a nonprofit based in Oregon that works with hop farms on the West Coast to alter land management practices to better ensure healthy watersheds for native salmon, which maybe, reduces the impact of the brewing industry. Maybe so they don't, like, over-irrigate right. water. Yeah, if, because the salmon, the, when they come in to irrigate, they're digging trenches, essentially, from these water sources where the salmon, when it's spawning time, come up. Well, they're altering the trail that the salmon have embedded in them genetically to know where to go. Right. And they're screwing with the pads of these streams, which are messing the salmon up and they never make it to their spawning grounds. Look, you're trying to make me feel guilty for drinking beer, but I also will eat salmon. So (laughs) yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, I don't know if you were there with a net, it'd kind of be a win-win. Right. (laughs) Um, So 10% of the hops used in all the uh, new Belgium beers by mid 2015. So this is already a thing, I guess will come from salmon-safe certified farms. So they're hoping to grow that number of the coming years. Um, so this is just cool. I just thought that was a weird and interesting tidbit that was great. I, guess, I mean, I guess, you know, it just wins all around. Um, and then finally, on sustainability efforts, 99.8% of the waste from the company escapes the landfill. So basically, they, they have a breakdown of this, but essentially, they're reusing a ton of stuff. So very little 
actually has to go and just sit in a landfill somewhere. Yeah, they have like sort of a, a graph here where they show this big part, which is like 98% spent grain, which I don't know where they what they do with that. Um, but then they cut into a small section, which is some of their waste, and it's got like 90% has gone to recycling. Only yeah. 9% goes to a landfill, and whatever is left out of that gets to go to compost. Yeah, which the compost thing makes a ton of sense. Um, that I mean, of course they would. So, right. yeah, it it's just crazy. Like, the, all the stuff that they talk about, they also had... Um, so they've got this software where they monitor, they're monitoring the water, they're monitoring the, um, they've got a smart grid system where they monitor electrical usage, um, and they work with actually the, um, I guess the city, I think it was. The local power supply. Yeah, the municipal, uh, about the electricity, like they almost like kind of go back and forth on it. <laughs> yeah, that's great. In the one of the videos we'll link, they outlined it where um, them... And the supplier can look at the real-time usage coming from them, and they can uh, go in and alter based on – so they, they can come back during, like, peak hours. The supplier can say, oh, yeah, uh, it's a strain on the grid right now. Can you move more to your own systems and off of the grid so they can fall back more to their own power that they're producing during those times? Mm. Okay. Yeah. And it's then- pretty cool. The, I guess the, the the simple thing, which I think it just it looks awesome, but then you know you have to think about the environmental factors and the energy use and whatnot. It, they keep showing videos of the brewery, and I think they did mention this in one of the videos. But the brewery itself, huge glass window, like just you know, like half the wall essentially is just a giant window. I think the way they refer to it is like cathedral windows yeah. but only they're not stained glass it's just like matte like in the brewery so they don't even have to have lights i mean they right during day they run 24 hours so the day shift doesn't have to run the lights so that they're saving right. on power there so they're just using the natural light coming through all the windows and they're just like so, and yeah and we get to see colorado at the same time so it's all fine <laughs> so are there like five main people that work like that are in charge of all this each of them carrying rings, one of earth, fire, wind, water, and heart. <laughs> Together, they they summon up Captain Planet, who just shows up and just gives New Belgium just a thumbs up. He just urinates straight fat tire. <laughs> That's based, the way I see it. Based like, on the quirkiness of that company, I don't know why they haven't done some kind of spoofy video about that by now. It's like the Kellogg's uh, video, only instead of the guy just peeing into the Rice Krispies, it's Captain <laughs> Planet just peeing into the bottles, and it's just straight fat tire. Jesus. Well, you know, like the the, the you know unicorn pooping <laughs> yogurt. Oh thing. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, from the squatty potty thing. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that shows up a lot on YouTube, doesn't it? Yeah. Or it does. or does YouTube just think that I don't poop properly? <laughs> well, to be fair, we don't. Well. All right. Let's very low. I do. I do all right. <laughs> um. Uh. So the final. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, where are yeah, they now? Yeah, the final bit in the uh, the kind of where New Belgium is today. New Belgium is looking for a buyer. Well, how about how about we give them a hundred million dollars from? <laughs> yeah, why don't we hook them up with uh the, with Cook over there from Stone? But yeah, so we'll call Beer Jim Henson. He'll come down. <laughs> and... it, which is unfortunate. They're looking for a buyer, but they are the fourth largest craft beer in the country. 
I feel like yeah, that's I don't want, insane. I don't want them to have a buyer. I want them to keep going forever. Yeah. That's 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 like my heart talking. My head goes like, <laughs> it won't change anything. They'll be okay. It's going to be <laughs> fine. Well, fine. the interesting thing, uh, I'm just going to jump in with one of my facts that are coming up later, <laughs> is, because it pertains to this, right. is they are 100% employee-owned. All the employees at New Belgium own New Belgium. Yeah. There's no well. I'm Fair sure is. there's there's a board that helps kind of direct you know the direction the company should go in. But when they say they're looking for a buyer, it's not a bunch of greedy people around a table going, "Oh yeah, we're done with this." No, it is the people who are down brewing the beer, who are bottling the beer, who are shipping the beer. These are the people who are saying, "Yeah, no, it's it's our company, and you know we we're not opposed to being bought out. We're not opposed to getting a percentage of the several." billion dollars you're going to have to spend to yeah, buy this. Yeah, that was something we were talking about like kind of candidly earlier. It was like, no, it's not like a lot of these other places that are getting bought out where the people working, you know, the canning line or the bottling line or something are just going to get a, you know, a little severance package that's like maybe a month's pay and uh sorry, we're closing or whatever. It, this is where every single person in the company are stockholders and they are going to get a big chunk of change. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the good thing is in the article that talks about um, them looking for a buyer, it does say it's unlikely federal antitrust regulators would let Anheuser-Busch get them because um, Anheuser, which has a 0.5% market share. You wonder if like, like Sam Adams and uh, founders and Stone could buy them. And it's it's a dumb idea. I know. Well, but... because Boston Beer though has such a low. I mean, they're also incredibly low market share because they're still considered craft. Yeah, yeah. they've not surpassed. Uh, they keep raising the bar. It seems every year to keep Yingling and uh, Boston Beer from breaking out. I'm of just craft. saying, what would be what would happen if like some of these other craft brewers banded together to buy? If they just made one giant like umbrella, maybe. Uh, that's, uh, that's a bad what, idea. That's kind of what Cook from. Stone well, he's is. wanting to set up like a small thing. To, he just wants to, to help invest. Yeah, yeah. To invest to to keep keep things going. But never mind. Sorry, we're getting off topic. <laughs> but yeah, so I I would hope it doesn't happen. It, it does, as they bring up, it does make sense. It it, it would be unlikely that it would be Anheuser Busch to do it. But yeah. if if that's what they need and if that's what would help them, you know. I, they have a lot of distribution, but they maybe they're not everywhere. Maybe they want to be more places. Maybe they need something. Maybe they want to increase their sustainability efforts, and they need more money for it. So, maybe whatever. I think someone like like how are, like, they distribute here. How are they not everywhere else too? Yeah. Well, I could see Castilian Brands actually stepping in because they've done good by Ballast Point. Hmm. I've got because hmm. Ballast Point was not around here. Now we have access to all Ballast Point beers. For the, yeah, for the most part, I think, and it's pretty fantastic. I've got I've got a grapefruit sculpin in my fridge, just waiting for me to drink it. Why haven't you drank it yet? Be, well, because yes, you know why I didn't drink anything <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> all right, well, let's move into some uh, fun facts about New Belgium. Da 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 da. da. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I feel like it needed a, a intro music. <laughs> yeah, something goofy. Uh, before 2002, New Belgium distributed in only 16 states. By 2010, they had become the third largest craft brewer in the country and the seventh overall largest brewer in the United States. So they brew, Thank- they grew quick. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Obama. Sorry. <laughs> 
Um, let's see, their purpose statement, uh, to manifest our love and talent by crafting our customers' favorite brands, improving business can be a force for good. You start reading things like that, though, and you're like, man, I don't really want them to be bought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think right, they're... but then I also go like, business can be a force of good, and I'm like, yeah, Google's motto is don't be evil, but... <laughs> Which actually they recently changed. <laughs> yeah, like, because oh. I bet they're like, man, you know what's really easy to do? Being evil. Being That's... evil, and it pays a lot. <laughs> yeah. uh, so the employee perks for working there are legendary. Uh, this re- goes back to what we were saying earlier. In December 2012... The employee stock ownership program purchased the balance of the company shares, making it 100% company owned. Having employee. said that, hmm? employee owned. Yeah, employee owned. Oh, you said company owned. Sorry. Oh, sorry. 100% <laughs> employee owned. The employees uh, are the company. Yeah. Right? Having said that, after one year of employment, you receive your ownership. So you get your essential stock option when after a year. Oh, wait, wait, you're leaving something out. You oh. also get a bike. Yes, you get one of their infamous cruiser bikes based on the bike on the label of Fat Tire. Uh, after five years, though, you get a trip to Belgium. All right, guys, I'm making an announcement. I'm moving to Colorado. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's not just any trip, though. It's the trip that inspired everything that uh, good old Jeff their founder. Uh, that Jeff, was, I can't pronounce your last name. Jeff, we can't pronounce your last name. Uh, he took a, a bike trip that was the inspiration for all this to all the great uh, original breweries in Belgium. And that's what this is. Is It's uh, everyone in a class, like everyone that you kind of, I guess you'd have to get hired on at a certain time of year and you go through your training courses and everything. But everyone that after the first, uh, after five years, everyone's still around. They go at the same time and it's, a big new Belgium trip where they all go to Belgium and take bike tours often to the countryside. I like to imagine, despite the fact these are like 20 years, 30 years apart, that he's riding this bike through Belgium and like somewhere sitting in a field is Douglas Adams thinking up the idea for Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> right? That would be amazing. <laughs> like um, he just, like a ding ding. What the hell was that? <laughs> anyway, don't forget your towel. But uh, among the perks, Belgium without a town. <laughs> among the perks uh, are the free employee-only beer that's brewed at the end of every shift, and I, oh. I can't remember the details on this beer. But it's brewed only for the employees. It's complete, they brew it like the last thing they do before the shift's done is they start this brewing process, and I guess they pick up you know the last bit of it that went finished, and they get to take it home for free. The audio listeners, well, because we're an audio-only show, would not get the joke if I just jumped up and started running out of the room to try to run to Colorado from right now. But just know that that was the thought that crossed my head. Among free beer, there's also, like, everyone after you get your bike, um, apparently all employees live close enough to bike to work. So, obviously. Spring through fall, they all bike to work. Talked about all the stuff that's offered on campus, there are apparently slides. It's kind of like a Google-esque thing there. Like, they have slides that you can take from different parts of buildings to get to the other parts. This sounds like the best job in the country. Right? They were they were listed. Uh, I don't know if that's in my quick facts, but they were. It is. Yeah, here it is. Yeah, that'll transition us quite nicely. In 2008. <laughs> don't draw attention to the segue. <laughs> in 2008, New Belgium Brewing Company was named one of the best places to work in America by Outside Magazine. 
Yeah. It says this could be attributed to their efforts in wellness and blah, 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 blah. And, uh, you know, getting free beer. Getting free beer. Kind of of helps. Uh, Again, let's see. The best places to work in 2013, they were ranked 17th. Yeah. Uh, New Belgium. Oh, I like this one, though. This is where we're rounded out, and it's also a nice little where exactly are they now. Uh, they began construction of a 100,000-square-foot distribution center in 2014 in Asheville, North Carolina. It will distribute 500,000 barrels per year that are scheduled to be brewed at the Asheville – so it's a brewery and distribution center uh, in Asheville, North Carolina, Brew City, USA, as it's being called now. And it will employ 140 people between uh, the two facilities there, the brewery and the distribution. But so- – when you say Asheville, North Carolina, I'm just thinking like, I have friends that are getting ready, like later this, I guess later this year, getting ready to move to Asheville. Hmm. And all I think is just like, all right, I'm going to call in some favors and we're going to go on a trip to Asheville sometime. In the, we need to in because the that's to go to Wicked Weed and get a hold of their stuff because their stuff's incredibly hard to find. Even though I'm not a Sours guy, their stuff's just so hard to find. And I love their label art. Oh, if I could get posters or art prints of their label art. Oh. But uh, I skipped a news story. I think it's for like the, well, it was last week, and maybe, or the last episode, maybe the episode before, about uh, the tap room, actually, at their Asheville location. Just opened this past week. Uh, I believe it opened May 4th. So you can now drop into the tap room at New Belgium in Asheville, North Carolina. Yes. Ooh. So that's summing up New Belgium. Uh, I mean, they're growing. Things are changing all the time. You never know if they might find a buyer. Something's going to happen. They'll be bought. Maybe they'll live forever. We don't know. We do know that their beer is delicious. The beer is delicious. We love it. Uh, I didn't really look for faults. Because I know when we were in the Sam Adams thing, we looked for controversies and things. Uh, we didn't particularly with New Belgium, but nothing really came up that I'm aware of. Nothing came up. There may be something. And if there is, let us know. Give us some feedback. Tell us tell us what a bad job we did in just being overly overly friendly to, to New Belgium who who I want to hire me. Right. If you work in New Belgium, give me a call. <laughs> uh, it appears there's very little bad things to say. Like I, yeah. I I don't know. I mean, they're they're all about the environment. They're in a gorgeous location. They make awesome beer, though. To be fair, I have not tried really. Like after thinking about it, I'm like, well, I guess I really haven't tried a ton of their stuff. My favorite thing on earth right now is a citradelic. Um, but I, I like Fat Tire just like anybody else does. Uh, I just remembered I was Fat Tire is fantastic, and I got introduced to it before their distribution really to the East Coast. And it, I was on an internship in California when I had it because the guys over there were like, oh, you've got to try Fat Tire. You've never had it? And I was, no. I was like, what is this? And they gave it to me, and I just cried because I was like, I know I can't get it back home. And it, like <laughs> I'd been back home for like six months, and then distribution hit here. And I was like, yes! Now it's like everywhere. Yeah. No, I had a guy um, – I was telling this before we got started. Uh, I had a guy at, uh, at work – it had been like 60, 65, and he, he looks over at me while I'm like grabbing beer for him, and he's just like, you know, let me tell you about the best beer I ever had. And I'm like, all right, tell me all about 
this type of Bud Light you've had. <laughs> that was my that was my assumption. And he was like, "Man, I had this fat tire. Oh, it was so good." And I'm just like, "Oh, you want to you want to dive into brewery talk, sir? <laughs> Let's go." You were like, actually, I do a podcast, and our next episode is on New Belgium, who brews fat tire. Actually, our next episode was like oh. sours, but uh, close enough. Close enough. Uh, yeah, no, like the fact that that somebody who, and admittedly, maybe it was it was prejudging on my part to think this guy had this, but he he seemed like he had been around. He had tried like a lot of like imports and a lot of domestic types of beer but he had never quite gotten like some of the newer craft stuff that's coming out and he he found fat tire and he was just like this stuff is delicious and i was like yes yes it is they do have like their market penetration is fantastic a lot of people who aren't into craft beer are into the fat tire because it's just so good and it's carried a lot like a lot of places carry it it's easy to find and it is really good Oh, okay. So the other thing, that's what I was thinking of. I was like, I know I've tried something else from them. They are the ones who did the Ben and Jerry's thing. Yeah. Yeah. So the salted caramel brownie brown, brown ale. ale. Mm, that <laughs> to, was to good. To match with the, the salted uh, brown ale brownie from Ben and Jerry's. Yeah. Yeah. I tried which, doing which a float with that. super fun to get to say and get straight that, and everything. I tried yeah, the just, float. It did not go well. I don't recommend it, it. It it became thick and liquid at that point, didn't it? it oh, God. It, oh, it viscous. Was, it was... Oh. See, you say it like that, and all I'm thinking is, like, I'd still drink it. It's uh, like It was like an Irish car bomb that you just let sit there. Uh, like it, okay, maybe not. It curdles really fast. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh. But, yeah, so, but the beer was good. Um, the ice cream, and of course, was good by itself. But you know what? We're never doing an episode on Irish car bombs. No, no. because if you order one, you are a terrible person. If you okay. order a black and tan or an Irish car bomb, you deserve to be taken out back and beaten to death by the Irish mafia. If Jeez. if you're if you're past your first you know experience in drinking, I'll put it that way. Hmm. Because I mean, I've ordered them in the past. Um, I think we've talked about here before that, you know, the Irish car bomb is like if there were a drink called a 9-11. Right, yeah. yeah. No, it is. Like, it's, it's an offensive term. I, I'm not denying that. It is also three of my favorite things tossed into a into a one drink. Oh, yeah. It just needs a different name. We, yeah, we need serious. a new name for it. I think how they tried to, I think unsuccessfully, but if I ever order one, it, I'm going to order a Lemmy instead of a Jack and Coke. We're going to call it a, a, a Glasgow – no, not Glasgow. That's not Ireland. Uh, uh, a Dublin hello. A Dublin hello. Sure. That's – all right, guys. That's going to be my new goal in life. We're going to start calling them, calling them Dublin hellos. The old Dublin hellos. Um, uh, so d- uh, just New Belgium for a second. Uh, sorry. <laughs> no, I was, I was looking on their website just at like some of the other offerings, uh, and they just put out – this one called Heavy Melon, which is a watermelon lime ale. And it's one of the top trending beers on Untapped. Yeah, if anybody tries that, I would love some feedback on that because it sounds interesting. Someone at Liquor Barn was trying to sell me on one of these recently, I think. I think it was this one. And I had already grabbed my six-pack and I was on the way out. And I was like, I'm not in the mood right now. I've made made my choice. Yeah. My choices were good. Don't get me wrong. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, uh, I I, I want to find it. I I think there's some here in town. I don't know if there's any up 
up in your neck of the woods. But yeah, I've seen it, but it's definitely going to have to be like a create your own. And I don't think I've seen it it's in not that been capacity. A, yeah, it's not been. If only there were some some soon approaching event <laughs> that would bring you into so Lexington. We, maybe right. we could yeah. split some more six packs. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> All right. Maybe we'll have some people and we'll open up some more Kentucky breakfast stouts that Maybe don't belong to you guys. <laughs> because I think beer should be shared, especially when it's rare. Yes. Correct. Uh, okay, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and move on. I will say we didn't have feedback, but I do want to make a little correction. I should have made at the top of the show that Casey wanted me to mention. Uh, he told me uh, that uh, either I misspoke or I misheard him. Uh, and I said old hops were used in Lambics, which is used. true, but it's not yeah. that they're used hops. It means that they are just aged. Yes, they are. They're not like reused hops. Right. Um, he said, don't worry if you don't want to correct it, but you know, in the, the, the interest of being correct, I want to go ahead and put that out there. Uh, he also wants to know more about the Nazi and where else has he been kicked out of, but <laughs> you know. I've talked enough about the Nazi. I've given him enough of my life. I give him no more. <laughs> no, he's pretty much done. Like I don't. I, okay. I want no more of that guy. Well, since he's uh, done, let's let's go ahead and talk about uh, what we've been drinking. All right. Drink with me, friend. All right. Yeah. What are we drinking, Brittany? <laughs> are we drinking a new Belgian beer like we should be? Huh? Absolutely. Huh? Not. I wish. We, um, the two of us are celebrating. We're recording on Derby Day. Yes. So. Today is the day, or today, I guess, was the day of the Kentucky Derby. And we had a couple of beers from a local <laughs> Kentucky brewery that related to that. So we thought we'd go with that. And also, our um, the bottom of the fridge is filled with beer that we need to get through before we buy anything else. <laughs> also, I want to point out that none of us can tell you right now who the Derby winner is. We've been talking the entire time that race went on. Yeah, the, yeah. we've recorded during the race. We have no clue no idea. how the Derby turned out. I know when we were coming back from hiking today, there were a lot of people in very fancy hats and dress downtown right before all the also, goats escaped. Also, nor do I care. Yeah, I, yeah. I'll, tell, yeah. I'll tell you who won. Some horse. With a fun name, most likely. Maybe. Um, I want to name a. I want to get super rich, have a whole bunch of horses, and start naming them the opposite of how I think they're going to do in the race. Right. You know, out in front is in last. <laughs> uh, bringing up the rear is out in front. <laughs> coming up the left side is coming up the right <laughs> side, and and uh, in last place we have wins by a nose. <laughs> right. And this just in from our in-the-field reporter, Casey Price. <laughs> Sorry, I had to point this out. He just sent me a message that just had to piss at a urinal with a guy where our elbows touched. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's, it's, what my, it's what my Auschwitz looks like. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's get note. back on track. Let's, yeah, but I, I can't wait till he hears this episode. He goes, I did not expect to be called out in the middle of the episode. I mean, he should expect things. I don't think he knew we were um, recording tonight, so it's right. okay. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, we tried... So there's this brewery... Well, okay, Alltech, which we've talked about the event and whatnot, and we'll go into more detail on that again later as a reminder. Um, but they make Kentucky Ale, and they more, do... More importantly, they make Kentucky Bourbon Barrel Ale, which is better. 
<laughs> well, yes. yeah, I was going to say, they do a lot of variants. Um, their pumpkin one was pretty good, but it was really strong. They pretty much um, age everything in a bourbon barrel. I think yeah. they have two barrels, or two beers if they don't. They're right. just like, get it in a barrel. But so, they came out with a special beer for the Derby, and it's called Kentucky Race Day Session IPA. Their um, logo is a, is a horse. So, yeah, no, they, they should probably do a derby. Right? Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're very Kentucky about all of their, their branding and whatnot. They are in Lexington. I mean, they are in the middle of yeah. horse country. Yeah. Even though the derby doesn't actually. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't. But um, whatever. We have, we have a racetrack in this city. Yeah. Um, but so I tried the uh, it's a Session IPA. It's 4.5% ABV. And I I guess it's too new. Like, this is the first time we've ever seen it. So I think it's too new that it doesn't really have a rate beer score. But um, I did find the average rating on Beer Advocate out of 16 ratings was 3.83 out of 5. Not, so that's not too bad. Um, Above average rating. Yeah. Um, I could not find the IBUs anywhere. Uh, I would say they're probably middle of the road. Um, <laughs> I would say there are. It is in fact bitter. There's some level of bitterness. Definitely, I believe they used hops. Yeah, um, it's not. It's yeah. It's not. It's a session, so it's not as bitter as you know a standard just IPA. But it's no, who lord? No, no, not at all. I am not a huge fan of it. it it's. It is sessionable, I suppose, but there was this kind of odd taste about it for me. So I don't think I would buy it again, but it was good to try. I didn't I'll hate say, it. I will say that Alltech is, is hit or miss for me. Some some stuff they make I really like and some stuff they make I'm yeah. not, not crazy about. Yeah, I kind uh, of – I'm the same way. I think they were the ones who just, who just, who distributed – some someone's homebrewed beer, which was the Pikeville Porter. Oh, okay. Oh no, that, and, I think that was uh, Country Boy. Uh, I don't know if it's Country Boy or not. Mm. And it, either way, that beer tastes like home, guys. Oh, that <laughs> one, right? The one that tastes like uh, Red Can Folgers Coffee and Marlboro Red cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's some, like the most disturbing I think that's of the taste of Floyd County. But no, I got that tastes like Eastern Kentucky, guys. If you, if anyone out there is ever wants to know what our home tastes like, yeah, find you know. the Pikeville Porter. Wonder why we don't yeah. live there anymore. Um, but I, yeah, it's 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 a fine session. Uh, I imagine it's it's only going to be out. You know, it, it'll probably be gone next month. If you're in and around Lexington, or um, I guess really, if you're in Kentucky, I think it's the only place you can get it anyway. Uh, if you see some, it's not a bad beer. I gave it a 2.75 rating on Untapped when I checked in. Um, I, I tried to start start following the standard I heard somebody else say at, at the uh, homebrewers competition, where it's like, yeah, I'm gonna, I start with three or above if I'm actually going to drink it again. Yeah. <laughs> and then anything sounds, below that, I was like, fair, good job, yeah. Because I, I suck at rating. Right. Yeah, so, um, so I gave it that. I, I don't think I'd get it again, but it wasn't. It's definitely not the worst beer I've ever had, especially yeah. for a session. All right. Sounds good. Chris, uh, what did you have? You had a new Belgian beer, right? You you followed in, and you got you got a new Belgian beer. No, no. Uh, like we were saying, I followed in, and I had an all-tech beer as well. Uh, nice, nice Kentucky beer. 
I had uh, the Kentucky Rye Barrel IPA. Uh, looking it up, uh, I think Rate Beer was calling it an Imperial IPA, aged in rye whiskey barrels. I, I am a fan of aging anything in in barrels. Yeah. Okay. So I can say the one I had is an aged one. It's uh, their spring seasonal, but it's from last spring. It was aged a year. Um, but yeah, you cannot get it right now. Yeah, like, you can't get it yet. But it was delicious. Uh, it came in 10% ABV, so it's at the percentage where aging it, yeah, you can age it. It's not going to harm it. It's going to cause some flavor changes, but it's still going to be a good beer. Uh, couldn't find the IBUs on it. I don't know why. Their website was being dumb, and no no one wanted to give me an IBU on it. The rate beer score is only a 48, however. Like, not good at all. I, I thought it was a good beer. I, I tried a little bit of it when he poured it. It was fine. I liked it, and what I loved, because I've had a lot of barrel-aged things, is you can taste that it was a rye whiskey barrel. Like, it tasted, you could taste, like, the Maker's Mark. Maker's Mark is a rye whiskey. You could taste it in there. You could taste the difference from having just a regular bourbon barrel-aged something to a rye whiskey. And it, I don't know, it's, it plays really well with an IPA. I have to say, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was pretty good. I would not agree with the rate beer score. I can test. I can test that rate beer score, sir. I can uh, test it. I mean, it. You know, I think that's like the aggregate of what of what people rate. So maybe you can you can go change some of that score. No, they're not going to listen to me. But uh, I I highly recommend it if you ever find a bottle. We have a rule on this show: if you age it in a barrel. Going, we're going to drink it, and we're probably going to like it. Yeah, it's, the, the odds are in your favor. Uh, all right. Well, so, so Justin, you, you of course, had to have had something New Belgium. I, I did, and I've been guilting you two about this as a result. Um, <laughs> the so I can time. feel holier than thou with my citradelic tangerine IPA from New Belgium. Mm. So good. It's a good one. Uh, <laughs> rate beer score a 91. Is it really? I, I, I don't contest that score. That that sounds about right. If anything, I, I would rate it higher. I, I didn't know that. That's So I'm not an IPA guy. Like, you guys are getting a bit more into the IPA world. I'm still, like, dragging, you know, kind of yeah. dragging my feet. Like, yeah, I mean, I can kind of... This is one that, like, normally when I drink IPAs, it's like, oh, I mean, they're going to chug this so I don't have to drink more of it. <laughs> or I'm going to, like... like force myself to take sips every so often i drank a beer before like in the first part of the show by the time we started a new belgium i started this beer and i'm taking the last drink right now it's good like it's good the the hoppiness isn't overpowering mm-hmm. i think we've talked about how much we love this beer before but oh god i i, I love it i've got a well i mentioned i've got i it was even it was between this and the um I think it's the Belgian triple from New Belgium. I had, um, I have in my fridge, and I went, no, now I gotta do citradelic. It's it's, <laughs> it's, it's so a known cool. quantity, and I want to make clear how much it, a non IPA drinker yeah. loves this IPA. Well, and, and not, only fifty IBUs, so that definitely helps too. Yeah, that's true. It's it's not it's not super hoppy, but it is it is delicious. It is. It is a thing that I will I, I, I highly recommend to everyone. Mm-hmm. Loving that beer has made me more excited for um, so Stone just put out their newest Enjoy Buy, 
and it's tangerine IPA. And yeah, I am the like enjoy by oh. five thirty, I think. Yeah, so, so that you have until the end of the month of this month. And okay, so so Chris, do you want me to see if I can track down any more? Um, uh, because coming up onto our podcast announcements for the Altec Craft Brews and Food Festival in Lexington in a couple of weeks. Do you want me to see if I can find some some more of that arrogant uh, that barrel aged arrogant bastard? Oh. I've got Possibly. one in the fridge right now. Possibly, say, if you I, can see if Liquor Barn has a six pack sitting around. Uh, I, I, they may still have some six packs lying around. I know. Last time I was there, they had some create your own bottles. Maybe snag um, some of those, yeah, and we'll bring we'll bring a little something to do a little trade. All right. At the very least, I'm gonna I'll have one bottle that I will give you. If I can't find any more, I will give you the only bottle I have right now. I mean, I know they've got a few cases of the Enjoy by Tangerine. Up here that I could bring, get a six pack and bring down. Right, right. We're we're planning some prisoner exchanges because, like we said, <laughs> buying a whole six pack the... for us has become a thing. Like you can't committing to a six pack is hard to do, but as we've learned, it's much easier when I can buy a six pack, Justin can buy a six pack, and we can you know trade them, trade bottles. Yeah, uh, it's how I got that Abita. Uh, Bach, it was the wrong which, beer, but it was still good. It was really good. Like I drank that for a while. Just like, yeah, no, these are these are fun. Yeah, I polished uh, off our last one. I had to. It just felt right to polish it off uh, while. Oh yeah, on good old Cinco de Cuatro. <laughs> yes. Well, now we were watching the goats escape, so that oh, was a yeah. fun thing that happened in Covington today. The most Covington thing that's ever happened. <laughs> so I was like, no, I'm gonna go have a bock while I watch these uh, goats run around town. But yeah. Um, little reminder we don't have bumpers for reminders right i didn't no I didn't. no okay i was gonna say like I, I didn't i didn't think we had any for announcements but uh just remember the Altec the Altec craft brews and food festival in lexington kentucky if you're in the area come on down for it yeah they still have tickets available uh thirty dollars a pop i'm trying to sell some people on it they ha- they're going to be tapping a keg of kbs i believe yes mm-hmm. which actually we are currently missing uh, during recording of this, a tapping of KBS at our local liquor store, the party I'll be source. in the car in five minutes. <laughs> uh, they tapped it. Oh, it's long gone. They tapped it at 530. That oh, baby's no. gone. Um, sure. But they are going to be tapping uh, KBS there, and they will be tapping Zombie Dust from Three Floyds. Those are the only two announced beers. So Man, we're hoping zombie, that... <laughs> zombie Dust, for being as rare a beer as it can be. Pops up a lot here in Lexington. I've got some friends that love it, and they they always seem to find it. Uh, That's just how Three Floyds works. It's like the people people know where they can track it down. I mean, I was out yesterday looking. I saw a case of uh, Yum Yum, and I haven't had Yum Yum, yum, yum but it was just a six-pack. So I kind of steered clear of it. The only six-pack I bought of theirs was the, the Robert the Bruce, because it was Robert the Bruce. It was excellent. And that was amazing beer. Uh, otherwise, usually they get a lot of single bottles like Gumball Head and stuff like that. Well, uh, I will also want to point out that the Altec Craft Brews and Food also has food. We <laughs> we spent some time in the beginning uh, somewhat bemoaning and somewhat trying to figure out what some of these the some of the food they're going to be bringing in is. And it's it's Lexington food. A lot of it, uh, some of it looks pretty good. There's some Italian food. Some some basic tavern food that sounds pretty good. Yeah, uh, gourmet popcorn, which that's fine. 
Yeah, no, I'm, I'll take a big bag of popcorn. That's fine. Uh, I'm also going to be carrying with me a lot of water. If you listen to this thing and you and you and you decide to show up along with us, and again, if you are in like seven states over or whatever, don't you don't have to make the trip. But we we may do a little bit of extra recording that night. Yes, uh, it may. Yeah, nights with events or tastings maybe a little bit longer than uh, normal. A little drunker <laughs> than normal. Oh God! All three of us are going to be there. No one's going to be there to keep us in line. All three of us in the same place. Or four of us. Casey will be there. Three of us plus Casey. Yeah. And there will be be plenty of special guests. (laughs) I kind of want to go, this is your beer, as we (laughs) play This Is Your Life with (laughs) drunk friends. Um, But yeah, no. uh, I had a lot of fun last year when I went to this thing, and I found that coveted beer I'm never finding again. Uh, El Coco. El Coco. Like you have to um, it. But yeah, no, it's like thirty bucks a ticket. If you are nearby or within reasonable driving distance, come on out for it. Uh, if you <laughs> if you see a bunch of bearded gentlemen walking around in the middle of the floor, probably a little drunker than they have any right to be, it's you know during the day, you'll probably find us. Yeah, mm-hmm. this event runs from noon to eight, so you've got eight hours of drinking. There's not enough food to keep me, and I know they're only small samplers drinks but i was getting a little tipsy on the, you know when i was up there no at the I, winter one we got smashed in two hours because most of I, them were high abv i gotta find some way to get to drive there and drive back um the, uber they, have uber? Lexington? they have ubers in lexington oh. but it's also just like maybe maybe if ashley maybe if if casey brings his wife i can just smuggle into their car i don't know <laughs> we'll we'll figure out a plan that day hmm. but yeah, no. Feel free to come check that out, guys, if you have the chance. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, I've got other friends of mine who uh, who call me the BuzzFeed of people because I keep trying to push the show on them. <laughs> <laughs> Literal BuzzFeed. Well, like I told them at one point, like, hey, do you know the difference between this beer and that beer? Like, uh, no. Go ahead and tell us. It's like, tune in to have a drink to find out. <laughs> You're a walking uh, listicle. <laughs> But yeah. All right. Uh, well, I think it's wrapping us up. Yeah, I think, I think that it is. covers everything. Uh, if you did find something that we missed, please feel free to let us know. Be a Casey and let us know what we've gotten wrong. Yeah. Tell us how dumb we are. Trust us. You're not the first one to tell us. Yeah. So remember to check us out at haveadrinkshow.com. You can find our respective untapped profiles there, in addition to the social media links for the show Twitter, Instagram, Google, Facebook. It's all uh, have a drink show on all of those, by the way. If you want to correct us on certain word usage or pronunciations or... <laughs> want to tell or, us how to pronounce the name of good old Jeff. Yeah. Yes, let us know. Um, or you want to mention something about New Belgium we couldn't find for some reason because I don't know. <laughs> uh, go on to the website for the feedback page or use the email address feedback at haveadrinkshow.com. Uh, as always, we'd like to thank Alan Robinson for the show music and Lynn Peralta for the album art. You can find links to their stuff on the episode page of the site. And remember to subscribe to us on your favorite podcatcher. And please rate us on iTunes. Uh, help out a lot. Oh, yes. And we are also newly available on Google Play Music. You can we subscribe are. to us there as well. Yes. Yeah. I can't remember if that happened uh, last episode or this one. But... Yeah, yeah. 
All right, we did we did a tweet about it, but yeah, it's still a good thing to mention. Um, you can subscribe on there, but you we figured out earlier that you cannot rate on there. You still do have to rate on iTunes, unfortunately. Google, yeah, killing me here. <laughs> um, but you can stream directly, like if you're on T-Mobile, that it doesn't go against your data that you yeah. can stream, so you don't have yes. to download episodes. So uh, okay, good things. Uh, anyway, the links to all that kind of stuff can be found on the site. All right. And uh, so check us out in another couple of weeks for the next episode. Once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. And we'll see you next time because we've got some Overwatch to play. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Bye.